When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Heyo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast. Coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, the full CHGO White Sox crew. That's Vinny Duber our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. The man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. You can follow the show at CHGO underscore White Sox. Our producer today is Sarah. Hi. Hello. Uh, make sure you're hitting the thumbs up button like Ozzy's telling you uh, to. Make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube channel. Uh, we got Hawks post game tonight. Yes. Uh, yes. Getting a thumbs up. Greg and Mario just uh, enjoyed some chili over at the uh, Chelly's Chili Lounge bar. Um, did you guys see that? Saw it on Twitter, yeah. Okay, well, they're, they're re- retiring Chris Chelios' number, and they're, like, reinstalling a, a former restaurant that he used to have. I don't know. I was, wasn't was born when he had the restaurant. Uh, but it, I thought it was interesting. Hey, uh, you know, I mean, when's, you know, what did Frank Thomas have a restaurant? Oh, Big Herd Brew Pub. Well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. in Berwyn. So, so yeah. there we go. Uh, I guess they already retired his number, uh, so I guess they can't yeah, do yeah. that. But uh, Frank's had a lot of ventures outside yeah. of baseball. <laughs> Some successful, some not so successful. Do you have a do you have an unopened can of Big Hurt beer somewhere? I do not. Ooh, that was a little rough. <laughs> I'll go by. I, ooh, that was rough. If anyone has a can of Big Hurt beer that's unopened, I will drink it on the podcast. Ooh. Um, oh, I, mean, I don't care. I, I don't. mean, it wasn't good fresh. I'm not drinking it for the like the deli- the, the the craft beerness. I'm drinking it because it's old as shit. But I think that's what Herb's saying is that even when it had just been made, it was more of a dare. Uh, mm-hmm. Situation and now, oh no! Didn't you? It's no, downright dangerous. You drank the uh, what was that? The old style that was like Labatt blue? blue. Yeah, the black blue was like yeah. twelve years old from twenty fourteen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, if anyone's this got beer any, is twelve years older than that. <laughs> let's go. Uh, why not? Uh, yeah, I don't think I can find anything uh, on eBay. But if anyone has any uh, unopened uh, Big Hurt beer, Frank is sex- successful now with his uh, what is that? Nutramax, whatever it's called. They're not paying Nugenics. us. So. The, the oh, Nutramax. How do you the, know that? You're not even watching the games. The You're at tea. the games. You got to know these things. You do? I'm an expert on all things White Sox, including that's what, what Frank sells. That's <laughs> what he's known for now. Not about being a Hall of Fame player. They say, hey, aren't you the new Genix guy? Well, th- that's it. They also know him because he's dead. Yes. yes. Uh, so RIP 
Frank Thomas. Uh, on today's show, we're going to be talking about possibly the new White Sox right fielder, Dominic Fletcher. We should whiteboard that because somebody's. I know that we know and that most people who are watching know, but I no, guarantee no, 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 there's no, no. somebody on the going to listen tomorrow on the podcast and like, Frank Thomas is dead and then drive off the road. We don't want that. They're not going to drive off the road. There are Frank Thomas. There is an old Frank Thomas that is currently not with us. But is it Fox a fact that a baseball player named Frank Thomas died? Correct. I don't need to expound anymore. All right. All right. If, if <laughs> the real Frank Thomas died, you would know it. We wouldn't be talking like this casually about, you know, like about third, you know, the big hurt. I think we'd have podcasts about it. Right. We'd break we'd, in probably. It'd probably be an emergency podcast. You know, thank God Frank's was still with us. <laughs> thank you, Frank. Not that Frank, but the Frank that you know, the, the big one. hurt. Uh, I don't know if the other guy was the big hurt, but the, this guy's like the big hurt. Like that guy's still alive. So uh, don't worry. Um, anyways. Uh, she'll like it too. She'll like it too. Um <laughs> All right, on today's show, we're going to be talking about Dominic Fletcher. Uh, he met the media. Vinny got to ask him some questions. Uh, we're going to play some video of that. Not the full 17 minutes. You couldn't handle the full 17 minutes of Dominic Fletcher. We'll get uh, the highlights for you we'll guys. Get, we'll get the highlights to you. Uh, Jim is at, wondering what happened to Frank Thomas. He, he died. I don't know if we can be more clear about this. Yes. Not that Frank Thomas, but, a, but an a older Frank Thomas, Frank Thomas yes. uh, who's not... Also third, dead is yeah. a horse back there that's being beaten some more. All right. Uh... <laughs> There's no baseball to play, so you got to use the bats for something. Um, we're going to be talking about spring training. Uh, Herb and I got into it uh, before Vinny showed up uh, about uh, the Dodgers showing up early. Uh, maybe we'll get into it again. Uh, and uh, Vinny's going to share what he's excited for uh, about spring training because he's going to be going on Monday. This is my last uh, show in Illinois for some time. We're happy to have Aww. you. Uh, and our last show that we're going to not be, like our last off-season show pretty much is today. Baseball season starts next week, folks. Yeah. Once that once that big football game gets over and done with, then baseball season starts. I don't think that's true. Well, um, I, I, that baseball season doesn't start on Monday? Not playing baseball games. I, but the thing is, football clears out. That's the point, is that once football's over, it's no longer football season. And so, like, I in this town... Currently, we're not caring about basketball and hockey very much, so baseball season starts. I was about to say, I guess the, the Blackhawks and Bulls guys <laughs> Sorry, pretend guys, that it might be black, uh, basketball and hockey hey, season. When, <laughs> hey, when Connor takes that green jersey off and puts the red jersey back on, we're in. Also, when training camp starts in August or September, they get to say the same thing about baseball. Um, thank you very much to our friend Connor Smith, uh, who uh, was able to watch the show live uh, with the Super Chat, uh, $20 Super Chat from Connor. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, Herb Naturally Funny with Wit Reminiscent of uh, 2000s Sox forums. Strong's strong, uh, Sean's strong opinions, natural as a host. Thank you. Uh, and Vinny challenges groupthink with old school journalism mind. As life changes, this show offers consistency and feels like a hang with friends. That's Aww. great because I, like, I don't Thank like you guys. So, you, know, it's, <laughs> you don't like us? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, it's, I'm glad it feels friendly because yeah, you know, we hate uh, each other. We're great actors. Yeah, right. uh, um, no, but Connor basically <laughs> giving us a, an iTunes review as a super chat. Yeah. So very nice. Thank you much, um, And I think he's already left us an actual review uh, he's also well. been so, on the show right so, so yeah. he's he's really to go in the extra mile we, <laughs> we really love connor for that um, let's uh jump into some dominic fletcher though uh why don't we just play dom first and then you know we'll, we'll just react to well it. i mean i can set it up i mean listen you you guys are going to uh uh hear something that sounds familiar if you've been hearing the zooms that the new guys this offseason have been giving uh the the words that they've been saying whether it's nikki lopez who was on our show earlier this week or when we heard from paul DeYoung earlier in the offseason when we heard from martin maldonado earlier in the offseason 
Dominic Fletcher is another guy who really fits the bill of what Chris Getz and the White Sox front office were looking for this winter. You're going to hear a lot of talk about defense. You're going to hear a lot of talk about fundamentals. You're going to hear a lot of talk about doing the little things. This is what the White Sox want to be. They want to be a team that is known for those kind of things. They were very much known for the opposite of those kind of things, at least among the folks like us who watched them every single day uh, the last year or two. They want to move in the complete opposite direction of that, and that's why, at the end of the day, why they went out and got new guys like this and you're going to hear Dominic Fletcher basically lay out why they wanted him yeah and he starts with his strengths and weaknesses so here's Dom Fletcher yeah um you know I I think uh some of my strengths I think defense is has kind of always been first for me um it's something you know at a young age I realized you know you're not you're not going to hit all the time um and when you're not hitting you need to be able to do something to help the team so you know I, I got to focus a lot on defense um, a lot when I was younger in college, uh, you know, through the minor league. So I feel like defense is definitely my strong suit. Um, and that, that'll always be there even when, you know, you're not hitting. Um, and then offensively, uh, I feel like I've always hit for hit for average. Um, the last couple of years, I feel like I've, I've driven the ball a little better. Um, you know, just getting, getting the, getting the ball in the air, getting balls in the gap, um, you know, catching some balls out front and, and letting them leave the yard. But I'm not, I'm not really trying to transition to a power guy. You know, I'm always going to be a gap to gap guy and I know what I'm good at. So I'm going to try to continue to do that. As far as um, your ability to hit uh, left-handers, it's seems like young players conundrum that they sometimes don't hit them quite as well, but also don't get quite the same opportunity. Yeah. Um, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely tougher to, to hit guys from, from that side of the mound. Um, that's no, you know, secret. I feel like that's something that's, that's definitely a work in progress. I feel like I've hit left-handers well, you know, throughout my minor league career. Um, I struggled with them a little bit briefly in, you know, 20, probably 20 something at bats, um, in the big leagues. And I think, you know, those numbers don't really reflect, um all of what i can do against left-handers but that's definitely something you know that's that's in the works hey dominic uh pedro grafol chris Getz have both pointed to the diamondbacks as a team that they'd like to kind of emulate with the way that they played last year fast aggressive kind of what was emphasized uh at the big league level with the d-backs last year and do you think that's something that this white Sox team can kind of adopt some of that yeah i think you know you look at the team and and they do all the little things right um, you know, base running, um, running routes in the outfield, hitting your cut, um, just, just all the little things, all the fundamental baseball stuff. You know, I feel like we had a lot of guys that are really good at that fundamental baseball stuff. And that's how you put together a, a quality team. Um, so it was a lot of fun to be a part of that and, and have a hand in it. But, um, you know, I feel like just being fundamentally sound and, and not beating yourself is, is part of it. Dominic, could you uh, talk a little bit more about kind of the process of, you know, working a little bit to incorporate being able to elevate the ball uh, in your swing or um, as he talked about catching it out in front while not, so to speak, selling out for power, still be maintaining that contact ability that you've had throughout your career? How are you kind of able to implement it without maybe going to a power over hit profile? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a fine line and it's, and it's you know, one of the toughest things to do. Um, I definitely, you know, don't want to, don't want to sacrifice my ability to get on base to, you know, be able to hit more home runs. Um, you want to obviously be a player that, that can do both. And, you know, I'm definitely sticking to a lot of, a lot of the same stuff that I have been doing um, in previous years. 
and you know implementing some new stuff that that might allow me to to hit more extra base hits but kind of still sticking with most of the same approach and a same uh same ideas going into the box so not not too much different but just maybe a little bit more focused this offseason on on elevating some balls uh pull side what did you get to kind of and being up in the majors last year, you had the really hot start, but what did you also be able to get as far as information of how the league adjusted to you a bit to, to try to counter the hot start you had or what they're able to do to, you know, try to stop you from elevating the ball in the air or what they're able to do to, as far as trying to get you to expand above the zone. Did you, did you get, feel like you got a taste of that, uh, that you were able to take into your work this off season? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think that, uh, you know, the, the hot start. And then, you know, I had a probably maybe a week and a half or, or two weeks where I struggled. I don't think that had too much to do with the pitching. Um, I think they're pretty much throwing me the same way. I think, you know, that had more to do with me and adjustments in my swing. Um, I feel like, you know, when, when my swing and my approach is, is in the right spot, um, it doesn't really matter who's throwing out there, but I try to stay focused on me for the most part. Um, you know, just being selective and, and controlling the zone is, is something that I need to continue to do and that'll help me be successful. Dominic, you touched on a little bit earlier. Um, you you come to a place where there's a open door in right field, and we were before you were kind of blocked more or less. Uh, how does that affect your mindset? How excited are you about that? And then how do you balance that with going from a World Series caliber team to a team that's in a rebuild right now? Yeah, um, you know, as a player, you don't really look at it as a rebuild. Uh, I think we have a lot of good players on the field. Um, you look through the roster, there's plenty of talent to go out there and win. Um, you know, that's something that I'm big on. I like to win whatever I do. I like to go out there and compete. So, you know, I don't think we look at it as a rebuild. I think it's more of, you know, we got, we got the players around us. Let's go do it. Um, you know, just the opportunity for me, um, I went from, you know, pretty much, trying to trying to earn a spot on the team as possibly a, a fourth or fifth outfielder to, you know, having a, having a chance to compete for a spot. So, you know, I think that's really, really exciting for me and, and, and my family and my career um, to be able to have that opportunity. And, you know, we're going to go out there and try to win. Dominic, having a brother in the big, big leagues and the, the, you know, coming from a baseball family, can you talk a little bit about baseball IQ and, uh, how uh, some of this stuff might register with you quickly as far as being able to internalize what you learn and uh, see it, you know, happen on the field rather quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's, it's tough to evaluate players um, with numbers based on, you know, their baseball IQ and, you know, how they're one step ahead on the field. Um, I don't really think you can put that into a numbers category. Um, just doing all the little things right, getting good jumps, getting dirtball reads, um, running the bases hard, all that little things. Uh, I feel like, you know, you can't really evaluate that. So I feel like that's something that I definitely do well and um, definitely do every little thing that I that I try to, to try to help the team win. You, you just mentioned kind of doing some work as far as, you know, making progress as far facing same-handed pitching. I think probably any hitter will tell you they like the ball moving toward them rather than moving away. But what do you see? Where do you see the fact your comfort level increasing as you you take more bats against left-handers? Yeah, I think a lot of it's pit, uh, pitch selection. Um, 
just controlling the zone, um, not not letting them, you know, get you to expand, um, getting pitch, getting a pitch out and out in my zone where where I want it, and you know, not missing it. Um, I feel like I might have expanded a little bit uh, more than normal last year against left-handed pitchers, and I feel like you know, just getting them into the zone, getting the ball in a spot where where I can handle it will be a will be a key to that. All right, so a lot there from Dominic Fletcher. I thought it was interesting, you know, hearing a player's take on going from, again, a World Series com- competitor to the White Sox being like, hey, I'm getting opportunity. This is great for my family. Let's go. I mean, you guys might think we suck, but we've played zero games. Uh, so it's it's good to kind of frame it that way and hear, again, motivation, right? You know, you can never really count people out because you never know their motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that led me down the road of if this is a guy that's a ball player, Josh Barfield knows him. He's got that baseball IQ. Uh, apparently, he doesn't believe in uh, the ability of StatCast uh, to measure jump, right? Uh, you know, he explained to jump the stat that is quantifiable as unquantifiable. But hey, Dom Fletcher, I'll let you cook. It just made me think, though, is this just going to be Dom Fletcher's job to lose? Because Kevin Pillar was signed on a minor league deal. Rafael Ortega was also signed on a minor league deal. Brett Phillips was signed on a minor league deal. I don't know if there's a true guy that right now is going to be platooning Fletcher. And as he just told you guys um, about his left-handed hitting prowess, you might look and see his left-handed splits against uh, major league pitching and see the 143 average, the 172 on base, the 250 slugging. You might see the splits from 2023 in the minor leagues, a 217 average, a 328 on base percent, and a 311 slug, and might be like, oh, this guy can't hit lefties because... That's what I thought before today. Um, uh, but you look at the entirety and you take his entire minor league and the years, the, the 2023 stats. Uh, so you take his entire minor league and major league uh, per career against lefties, 488 plate appearances, 305 batting average, 365 on base, 408 slug. Um, he talked about expanding the zone. Um, he had uh, 32 Ks and 12 walks in the minor leagues, 13 Ks and one walk in the major leagues against lefties. But you look at 2022, 14 walks, 40 Ks. Um, in 2021, three walks, 26 Ks. So this is somebody who has been able to adjust against lefties. Maybe if he is able to just be more contact oriented against lefties and like he said, maybe hunt fastballs more, or a pitch that he wants more against lefties maybe this is just the right fielder yeah I mean I I I don't disagree and I think you know specifically on that versus lefties thing it was brought up to him in the in the question it was framed to him in the question that he was asked about that 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 opportunity sometimes is pretty small when you kind of get labeled as someone who can't hit lefties I remember talking to Gavin Sheets at spring training a a couple years ago and him saying like yeah, I mean, the the look at the sample size. Look at my numbers against lefties. You, they, I, I have hardly any at bats, and that never really changed. That I mean, they he, they hardly ever put him out there against lefties. So we can sit here and say Gavin Sheets can't hit lefties, but do we know that for a fact? We we haven't really seen an ample uh, uh, opportunity given to him. If they decide that Dominic Fletcher is their guy in right field, maybe you see him get that opportunity and maybe you see those numbers even out a little bit more or just get a little bit better because the sheer volume of the, the plate appearances. But to your main question, is he the guy in right field? It could certainly end up that way. And, you know, 
we we jumped to the idea of a platoon maybe it's less of a platoon and more of just what they might be looking for in a fourth outfielder who could spell Fletcher in right field but also you know fill in if, if Benintendi needs to go on the IL or, or, or Robert needs a day off something like that uh, somebody who can play all three positions and someone who gives a different look I think maybe is more maybe the way they could go rather than a platoon could they go with a platoon if they find out that Dominic Fletcher struggles against lefties absolutely they could and we talked about some of the numbers of uh, Zach Deloach the guy they just got in the trade with the Mariners as well as bringing up the fact that Pilar among others who hit right-handed would give you a different look but maybe it is Dominic Fletcher's the right fielder and the other outfielder is just that a reserve outfielder more so than he is the other half of a right field platoon I don't know if they're going to do a platoon or not, but I recall Anthony Rizzo, when he came over from the Padres to the Cubs, had the same type of knock on him. He crushed righties, couldn't hit lefties. And then he did some type of adjustment where he got closer to the box and could hit those inside fastballs that they would throw to him. So I, it's the old adage, you don't get better at doing something unless you actually do it. And so maybe giving him a chance to do it, which the Diamondbacks didn't have the luxury of doing because they have so many better outfielders and they just signed uh, Jock Peterson this year. So there was no opportunity for Dominic Fletcher to get uh, plate appearances versus lefty. So if the White Sox want him to be an all-around better player, this is the perfect team to do it as a team that doesn't really have another person, as you just uh, spelled out, that is on the Major League roster that is challenging him necessarily for playing time. I mean, you could say uh, Zach Deloach, the guy they, they got in the Seattle trade, but I think that, you know, this is the opportunity for the White Sox to give him a chance to make some adjustments to left-handed pitchers if he does struggle with them like he did last year. But your, your stats of his overall career say that there's a different story to that. So, yeah, this is a good opportunity for the White Sox to make him a full-time player and just to, to have him instead of just going with a guy like Kevin Pillar, which I am vehemently against on a bad team, just have young players play that position. Yeah, and I think that, you know, Deloach has more of an uphill battle to climb, and we'll see him in spring training. Hey, if he comes out and mashes, maybe, you know, he I'm really impresses. Sh- sorry, him. I'm looking at your shirt. What is that? What? What team is that? Oh, this is Fire Department. Oh, that's, that's, yeah. that's a smooth-ass shirt. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, it's Rawlings. That's really nice. Anyways. Um, sorry to derail the subject. No, you're, that's, you're, a, that's a real smooth look. You're all good. Thank thank you. I pulled it out of my closet after wearing it for, um, you know, maybe uh, nine years. Not wearing it for nine years. So thank you. I uh, like your shirt, Herb. <laughs> Where'd you get that? CHGO Locker? Hmm. Oh, CHGO Locker.com. Look at Sarah over there. Always Sarah. selling. Really Always selling. Are you wearing the uh, camo person. CHGO hoodie? I am, that's and it's very favorite. comfortable. No, that's the best. Uh, you can go to... Yeah, you know, CHGO Locker, as Sarah said, and get to yourself this 8-bit shirt with the, you know, football player from the Bears on top of it. Let's have some shame, guys. Football um, player. The one thing, though, you bring up Gavin and, you know, the thing that you didn't want to see with Gavin, the six-five guy, was the contact-oriented, shoot-it-the-other-way approach. With Dominic Fletcher, a five-six guy, I don't mind if he, you know, chokes up and is trying to make contact and spraying it everywhere. Like it does hit, fit his player profile. Um, so it will be interesting to see, you know, how what adjustments he does make if, if he is standing closer to the plate, uh, if he's just, you know, hunting a certain pitch. Uh, we'll have to see. Um, but it's it, it it seems like the type of player that they like. It does seem like the baseball guy, the guy that just lives and breathes baseball, uh, the Omaha, right? Like, you know, this is this is their guy. Uh, so I don't know. I and mean, we might be seeing a lot of Dominic Fletcher. Do we know? Do we know his number? 
I'm not always, yet. I'm I don't believe interested that was announced. Right. They, I mean, as we learned on Monday, Nikki said his number is eight. Yes. And we learned that Brandon Shoemate's 17. We did? I mean, it was on uh, the Twitters today. He posted it? No, uh, the uniform number thing. You know, there's a tweet uh, that has mm-hmm. MLB uniform numbers, and Shoemate's number is 17. That I think hasn't been worn in a minute. Wow, Ross Globe's number. <laughs> right. I mean, that's disrespectful. Uh, <laughs> let's take a break, and we'll let you know about some uh, sponsors. No, it was worn last year. Sorry, Joe Kelly. Yep. Oh, yeah, right. Chris Getz's number, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Hey, maybe Br- uh, Braden Shoe makes a favorite if Chris Getz is allowing it to be worn. <laughs> um, all right, let's take a break. We'll let you know about some of our great sponsors. And then we'll discuss some uh, free agent moves that have been made by the Sox. If you have missed out and you're trying to get a recap, um, we'll also talk about what deals are still to come as pitchers and catchers are reporting today as the Dodgers are the first to report. Um, but let's take a break. And let, I shouldn't drink Diet Coke during the show. Um, too many bubbles over there? Yeah, way too many bubbles. Uh, let's let you know about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including props and sh- uh, pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had, and you can win up to 25 times your money this basketball season also this football season they have some props for the big game on sunday uh you just select two or more players pick more or less on the projected stats and place your entry and sweat it out um right maybe you like uh, in a basketball game demar Derozan over points you could pair that with a blackhawks prop maybe a certain guy to record a point and then you could watch the blackhawks game and bulls game simultaneously and there you go you got some action on the game uh and it's really simple to play you can make your picks and submit your entries in less than 60 seconds there's quick withdrawals easy gameplay and an enormous amount of selections of players and stat types are what makes prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports apps go to prizepicks.com right now and slash chgo <coughs> and use code chgo for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com slash chgo and use code chgo when you sign up daily fantasy sports made easy at game time, they think that you shouldn't have to worry about buying tickets for your next big event. Game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the hey sports. Herb. Oh, it's not yet? No, it's not. Damn it's it. Not you. That's not you. Did uh, I? Vinny had the back ends. Damn it. I took a big breath, and then Herb started yeah, talking, and I'm just like, sing. all right, I'll just let him go. Sorry, yeah. game time. You, I mean, they're still going to get their ad read. We just have to sing now. Ah, ready. Five, eight, eight, two, three hundred, Empire. Sarah can probably edit all that out later. I mean, probably not. That'd still be good. Not worth the time. With Empire Today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and that oh-so-low price guarantee. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring, so of course they have copycats. But Empire can't be beaten on quality, service, or speed, so competitors advertise low-quality products that Empire simply will not carry. Empire won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does that is putting flooring in your home that they wouldn't put in theirs. Empire's philosophy? To help you find what you need, not to overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes. What they leave out of their selection is as important as what they put in. Empire's product team exhaustively combs through thousands of product samples each year to find you the perfect styles. And hey, remember that virtual floor designer it's a great way to see how new floors will look in any space it's easy snap a picture instantly see how new floors will look in your room 
Shopping for floors at a big box store can be frustrating. You might talk to someone today who was working in plumbing yesterday, but flooring is all Empire Today does. They live it, they breathe it, they eat it, they drink it, so you can be confident that you're getting honest, upfront advice. Here's your call to action, folks. Schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use the promo code CHGO. Restrictions do apply. See empire.com slash CHGO for all of the relevant details. Thank you, Vinny. Oh, you're um, oh so welcome. Herb, just, you know, stay locked and loaded for that game time. Oh, we'll get to it's you. It's the first dog. read in the second break. Yeah, it's the first read. I thought read it was the f- first read in the uh, second read in the first break. No, Vinny, Vinny has the end caps today. Uh, he, he has he has Empire and Comet uh, the second second breaks. Uh, the get. local specialist. Yeah. The local specialist over here. Yeah, well, got Empire. I got Comed. If they're going to get it, maybe they get us some Portillo's ads. I could read those. They're Eagle. not paying us. So, you know, I just said, I said, maybe, maybe. I'm just throwing the idea out there. Eagle the, the restaurant chain that starts with a P. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. no free advertisement. Come on. Jim hasn't sold that hey. yet. Get to I, it, Jim. I like a hot dog. Jim's in the chat. Um, anyways, uh, let's go into uh, our free agent roundup. Uh, let's we obviously let you know about the non-roster invites and the minor league contracts. Um, here's just a recap too. If you want to, you just flash the the other one, Sarah. Sorry. Um, here's the recap. There's also some other names to be added to this: uh, Jesse Chavez, Kevin Pillar, Rafael Ortega, Brett Phillips, Chad Cool, Jake Woodford. Uh, there's also Justin Anderson, Joe Barlow, Jake Cousins, uh, Chucky Robinson. He's a catcher. Uh, you got Danny Mendick, the return. Uh, he's listed as an infielder. We've seen him play shortstop and second base. Hashtag the return. Hashtag the return. That was from an ACL injury too. Hashtag the return was D Rose when D Rose oh. came back. From when his hashtags knee were big. problems. So, yeah. yeah, when hashtags were big. Exactly. Yeah. Hashtags aren't really a thing anymore. Danny yeah. Mendick equals D Rose. Hashtag the return for, Der- for uh, Danny Mendick. <laughs> Dancing uh, for dubs. What? Dancing for dubs. <laughs> and then uh, outfielder uh, Mark Payton and Brett Phillips as well that weren't on that list. And then the major league signings, if you have missed, uh, you got Eric Fetty. He's a starting pitcher coming over from Korea. Two years, $15 million, uh, 7.5 in the first and second year. Both of them are guaranteed. And then John Brebbia, a relief pitcher, one year, $5.5 million. Martin Maldonado, a catcher, one year, four uh, $4.25 million. But there's also a, a way that that could vest to a second year, I believe. Um, and then Tim Hill, relief pitcher, one year, $1.8 million. Paul DeYoung, the likely starting shortstop for the Chicago White Sox with one year, $1.75 mil. And then Chris Flexen has the ability to be a reliever, uh, but we heard from Chris Getz that they would likely like to see him as a starter. Uh, and he signed for one year, $1.75 million. Uh, Is there one guy that you're most excited to see out of that crop? Is it just Fetty because of the price tag? I mean, the reason why he would be exciting is... The reason why he got paid that much is because he's got the potential. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, there's some great. There's a pretty good deal of mystery there with whether his success in Korea, which was like outrageously good. Right. I mean, the the ERA was so low. He won the MVP. He won the Cy Young or the equivalents thereof in that league. He was the best pitcher in Korean baseball last year. The best player in Korean baseball last year. What does that mean, though, when you come over to the major leagues? And, uh, you know, it sounds like he's figured things out for himself in terms of how he pitches. What does it mean when you start facing the best hitters in the world every single time you step on the hill? So we're going to that that will be the most interesting from an individual player thing. I still think John Brebbia uh, is worth a note in that category because I'm interested to see does it signal a shift in strategy 
for the White Sox when it comes to just using their pitchers. Is John Brebbia going to do the same amount of opening that he did during his time in San Francisco, or is he just coming in to be one of the back-end relievers like we saw with plenty of veterans over the last few years? I'm thinking, I mean, of course, uh, I would look uh, for Fetty to be the most exciting of those free agents, but I'm looking for Paul DeYoung and see what he can do. And we know that the glove is there, but maybe he can gain some type of form for his offense like he did early in his St. Louis Cardinals career. Anything that is positive from the shortstop's perspective would be great for the White Sox, as Tim was kind of bad for in the last year and a half at least. And so, yeah, if he can pick the ball up and throw it first, a plus. And if he can hit a couple balls over the fence, I'm not looking for 30 like he did early in his career. 20, I'll be excited to see. Man, I can't believe we're putting our, 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 our eggs in the Paul DeYoung basket. But here we hey, are. Hey, man. <laughs> here we are. They I, put I guess us we're in not this, doing it. Yeah, they put us in this yeah. situation. Um, and we got to cheer for Paul DeYoung to do well. <laughs> right. Uh, Antioch's <laughs> finest. Antioch's finest. Uh, I guess my pick then would be uh, Chris Flexen. Uh not because, you know, he's more exciting than Eric Fetty or Paul DeYoung. Uh, definitely not Paul DeYoung. Uh, but with Fetty, like, the change happened in Korea. He added the sweeper. He added, he, he adjusted his pitch mix, right? He became a different pitcher over in Korea. Flexen has been in the major leagues, Seattle, Colorado, and really hasn't been that impressive. What has Brian Bannister, senior advisor, Director, what is it? Is it senior? You had it. Senior oh, advisor se- to pitching. Senior advisor to pitching. What is Brian Bannister, senior advisor to pitching, noticing Chris Flexen and what changes will be made? And that's going to be, you know, the one, I think, big storyline for me is just Brian Bannister and what changes will he make with the existing pieces and the pieces that he is bringing in? Um, you know, will Tim Hill, the funky uh, lefty, be more effective or will he just be funky? And, uh, you know, that will just be un- uh, enough for left-handers to deal with. Is he walking out to James Brown? Maybe um, funky so, lefty. Sp- funky. Spe- speaking of, uh, I'm gonna please uh, exhibit some grace here because uh, you know we mentioned John Brebbia and uh, Connor. Uh, I feel like he paid twenty bucks for me to try to do my best uh, Zach De La Locha. Oh, here we go. Uh, impression, but uh, no, I shouldn't do this. Oh, you took a big breath. Yeah, goddamn. Lights out, Gorilla Brebbia. <laughs> finish right, it. Heard uh, you. I, thought, <laughs> I, d- I thought I did do it. I thought you were gonna turn that Gorilla Brebbia. Turn that sh- up. Oh, I didn't. I don't know. That. Okay. So I just know that I, I know that part. <laughs> AJ says Phillips will make the roster uh, because of the speed uh, that he provides on the bench. Mark his words and we will. Uh, sorry, I did that. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> any more thoughts on the minor league signings or signings that the Sox have made? Or do you want to go into the guys that really have missed the boat so far and still are uh, unsigned? There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Uh, all right, so let's go to them. Uh, one of them is Tim Anderson. Uh, I guess we'll get to that at the end. I guess that could be uh, a part of the choose your own. But right now, uh, we'll go through some of the top guys uh, because, you know, the Dodgers are reporting to camp right now. Uh, who are, Who is left to be signed and who is really going to, uh, you know, be making a new home? Uh, let's start off with Blake Snell just because he is the reigning NL Cy Young. Uh, why hasn't he be, been signed? And is there a team that you think will match up with Blake Snell? I'm sure there will be, um, but you can see the common theme when we go through these names. Scott Boris, I mean, it's tough, you know, when you got all these clients and he's trying to get every penny out of these people. Um, I think he'll definitely be signed. I mean, he's too valuable, too good of a pitcher, pitched both in the American League and the National League in his career and has won a Cy Young in each of those. So 
he probably thinks, and he should, two-time two Cy Young Award winner, I should get this level. And rest of the teams are like, mm, those walks were good. You should get this level. And so they're at an impasse right now. I'm sure somebody maybe will have a injury or something going on with them in spring training, and then Blake Snell will seem a little bit more palatable to a team that is right now blocking at the price. I mean, it just seems like it's a lot of playing chicken, you know, and, and I don't mean, I mean, obviously it's affecting individual players, but it just seems like this is a league-wide Teams are staring, players are staring, and they're waiting for somebody to blink. Uh, there's no way that these guys, all this list of guys that you're going to read off, go without jobs. Uh, we saw this a few years back, and you know this has happened more and more regularly over the over recent years. But I mean, big deals, big giant deals for guys like Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, you Darvish after spring training has begun. So um, I, 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 it really probably shouldn't be looked at as an abnormality anymore, even though it is still weird that a team uh, that there are plenty of teams out there trying to win the world series there are pieces that are going to help them do that and in some of these cases you have a lot of folks saying oh yeah he'll probably go there like you've got you've got a lot of reporters for example Cody Bellinger hasn't signed yet basically saying yeah it's most likely that he ends up back with the Cubs well then what's the holdup you know what I mean oh it's probably likely Jordan Montgomery goes back to the Rangers well then what's the holdup why didn't you get this done months ago um it only you know it to me it only hurts your team because you can't get as ready and as prepared as you could have perhaps um you know obviously these guys are professionals they can show up to spring training three days later than normal and still get everything done but just just get it done and, and and put yourself in the best position to to go into camp ready Thankfully, the CBA has been signed and we don't have to deal with another lockout, True right? Because like just yeah, stuff like this that. seems like it will lead to a salary cap because Scott Boris obviously is trying to get the most out of these uh, multi-billion dollar corporations in you know these major league teams. And as he should for his clients, that's his job. Uh, but man, like there, there has to be something like I, I think done to make these teams have a full roster before spring training starts because again we, we we don't know when Blake Snell will end up showing up for his team because uh, I mean if he signs for the Dodgers he's already late to camp because they're they're already reporting. Well, uh, we talked about when we were out in uh, Nashville since there was very little activity at the winter meetings, like some type of deadline at the end of the year, like multi-year deals have to be done by December thirty first. After that, only single year deals. So that would actually create some some urgency through these players and Scott Boris specifically to get these guys' deals done. But as Vinny said, this probably is going to be the way of the world going forward, and it's not going to be like the uh, Kimbrel, uh Keichel thing where they're pit- getting signed in fucking Ju- July. I mean, there, 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 there might be, but I think they, they did away with the reason the teams were hanging on for that. If you remember... Those guys signed, I think, days after, or like right away after the draft. The idea was that the team that was going to sign them would have lost a draft pick. Mm -hmm. And so teams were like, well, we value the draft pick high enough that we don't want to sign these guys. Draft comes, they spend the draft pick, and all of a sudden, boom, those two guys signed right away, if memory serves. So um, it's... It's silly to to see that that might happen again. I don't know what the specific rules would be as pertains to the specific players who are um, free agents now. But uh, you know, obviously, there's you got to eliminate the incentive for teams to wait. Um, what do we think about Blake Snell? What is the next landing spot for him? Do you have a prediction? It's really hard to know because there's 
teams already who are competing already have their starting rotation for the most part. So he would have to go to a team that has a lot of money and just like, you know, having him would be good for us. Maybe a team that missed out on Dylan Cease and has a lot of money? Who are you thinking about? The one in pinstripes that has a lot of money? They've already done that, though. I think he wants to pitch there. I don't know if they want him to pitch there because didn't they? It wasn't there were conversations that he wants to pitch there, but they're like, nah, we're offering this much, and then they pretty much pivoted to Marcus Stroman right after that. Yeah, Heyman just wrote uh, the Yankees suggested they were once out on Snell uh, after he declined their initial offer, but they still have rotation questions. And you bring up again, like maybe they're the only team offering, right? I mean, yeah. maybe that that is at this point just the best to- offer, and he ends up signing, or you know, they well, end up able to squeak out a couple more million and does do the Yankees think Blake Snell looks a little bit more attractive now that Baltimore has Corbin Burns right good point point. um yeah I mean does that you know push the the needle but also I mean what I mean that that's a week of you know that was that trade was a week ago yeah I would think so deal's been done I would think maybe (laughs) San Francisco too I mean I I I don't know I haven't really been following along but it, it seems it seems like maybe he would look good there uh you mentioned Montgomery and Bellinger do you think that they just end up at their old places, because Jeff Passan just mentioned one of the four Boris uh, players will sign with the Cubs. Uh, so is that Bellinger? Is that is that somebody else? Is Matt Chapman a, a, a I th- I think he is. Boris person? I just think that, you know, the reports of like Toronto wants to get Cody Bellinger because they missed out on a couple players and they've had a pretty lackluster uh, free agent period. But yeah, it makes the most sense for Cody Bellinger to just go back to the Cubs. It makes more sense for the Cubs to sign Cody Bellinger. Just ask him what he wants and you saw what he produced last year. I think the anomalies are the two years he sucked and the real thing is the years that he had when he was an MVP and he was rookie of the year and the last year he had with the Cubs. So We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If I'm Jed, your job, I think, not depends on signing Cody Bellinger, but it's pretty tied to signing some big name person like Cody Bellinger or Matt Chapman. Um, yeah, and we've seen you know, the the four guys remaining: Montgomery, Snell, Bellinger, Chapman, all boys. Um, so, I mean, that that is the holdup. Um, all right, it, 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 Brandon Belt, Mike Clevenger, J.D. Martinez, Jorge Soler, Tim Anderson. Any thoughts? Where are these guys going? Because all those it's guys surprising. are It's surprising. I mean, at least me. Clevenger and Anderson are former Sox. So, I mean, is Sure. I mean, listen. He, Clevenger showed, I should say this, the White Sox showed that there are teams that are going to want Clevenger for what he produced. Mm-hmm. Right? That just seems to make sense to me. It, is there, though? Because they I mean, sat, I'm just saying the way they talked about him all year long. I'm not, to, I'm not trying to go back to last offseason. I'm saying the way Pedro Grafol and everybody in that clubhouse talked about him all season long on top of 
the numbers that he put up, it would seem that that there are other clubhouses that would feel similarly. I, I get yeah. the point, but like the Sox signed him before that stuff came out. So there, it was kind of tough for them to get out of that contract. Um, and then we saw, again, his numbers were fine at the deadline, and teams had the opportunity to pick him he up. Was, he, he was hurt, had, though. He was, coming off, he was coming off that injury. This is different. But again, he's not, he doesn't have a job. So you know, we can sit here and say he should be attractive for whatever reason. He hasn't been attractive enough, obviously, yet to get a, to get a job at the price that he's probably looking for. Um, the ones that jump out to me... I mean, Soler and, and Martinez, I mean, all 30 teams have a DH spot now. Like, you don't have to be an American League team to get one of these guys. They're going to hit you a ton of home runs. I, I don't understand the, the holdup on why you wouldn't want this. Again, it's all like I was talking about earlier. It's just they want this much money. They want to spend this much money, and they're obviously not aligned on that. But it would seem to me that those two guys should have a job in an instant because the DH spot exists. And I think also with veterans like that, they don't necessarily need spring training. And so to them, probably like, you know, I don't want to sign necessarily. So I don't have to report to camp next week. I'm a veteran. JD Martinez knows how to hit. He wakes up hitting. So he's like, I'll sign when I sign and it'll be fine. Somebody's going to be looking for JD Martinez. Now, Jorge Soler, I don't know why he's not signed. Like that guy just mashes. Like I would have loved for the White Sox to been one of his uh, suitors I mean technically they still can be but you know I think they've moved on from big name signings and so I would see a team trying to give him some type of money because all he does is mash and if he's a DH that's all you need him for and it seems like our PHNX uh, D-back guys want uh, someone like that either Soler, Pham, Duvall, I mean, Martinez they, they want somebody who could mash so uh, you know you think the D-backs would be involved yeah, can, in one of these guys that's a weird thing like they want a right-handed hitter they're they're searching for a right-handed masher and what everybody else is looking for a left-handed masher <laughs> Yeah, they're, like, they're, we, we're like we're good on left-handed guys. We can good. keep Bellinger. Yeah, uh, exactly. Too much fucking money. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, there, there was an interesting piece by Heyman. I think that's the most uh, published piece or most latest thing with updates. Uh, so feel free to go read it. He's got just at least you know tying teams together. Giants and Cubs are in on Chapman. Uh, Bellinger is with the Cubs, Giants, Mariners, and Angels, which I don't know why. Um, and he speculates the the Phillies for Bellinger and uh, they just had Brandon Marsh go under the knife. Uh, so, Hey, maybe, maybe they en ends up uh, opening up a spot for Cody Bellinger and they just get even Ugh. more disgusting with Bryce God. Harper, Cody Bellinger. Uh, they'll have all the players I wanted for the White Sox. Literally all of them. Schwarber. Yeah. Right. Schwarber. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. Uh, we might just have to move to PHLI. Uh, all right, let's take a break. Uh, we'll let you know about our friends over at game time. Finally. And ComEd. He's and been waiting for it. We'll talk about He's Vinny. He's been chomping at the bit. And what Vinny's most excited for for spring training. Did you know that at game time, they think that you shouldn't have to worry about when you're buying tickets for your next big event? Because at game time, they have a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last minute deals. All-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. A couple years ago, went to Atlanta Braves game, got some tickets on Game Time, checked the secondary market, uh, all the rest of the secondary markets, and found one of them had a cheaper price in the row and section that I was sitting in. Sent this information to Game Time, and within 12 minutes, I got the difference, 110% of the difference in my account. You can see the view from your seats before you buy, so you know exactly what you're expected when you arrive and all in prices show you the total up front so you know what you're getting and a great deal without the hidden fields fees sorry about that 
Buy tickets in seconds with. I mean, I think there's also no hidden fields as well. Please don't don't touch. That's important. It's it's all an app. It's all digitally. Consent is very important. Uh, they're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money. Game Time has deals on the tickets right up to the event and even an hour after the event starts. It's the place for find last-minute tickets and find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, theater, and comedy, and more. And with zone deals, you can pick up the section, and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18%. And the game time guarantee, as I just discussed to you, means that you'll always get the best price. You'll find tickets in the same section and row that are less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the DS word out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code CHGO, our company, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code CHGO for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Thank you, Herb. And we want to let you know about our friends over at ComEd because it's getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles, Vinny. It's something that we can all get behind for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it. That is absolutely correct. The electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence toward an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole entire fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make the utmost sense. If they make so much sense, what should business owners do to get advice from ComEd? Well, I'll tell you what they should do. They should scurry on over to ComEd.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you, yes, you own a business, do not wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. They're good for business, good for the planet, and good for all of us. Go to ComEd.com slash clean. For reads like this, it's good for repetition to like repeat the point home. So, like, did you say comment.com slash clean? Comment.com slash clean? Is that what you're asking if I said or not? Should they go to comment.com slash clean? Oh, my God. It's exactly what I said. Go now and see (laughs) how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. Thank you. All right. Let's go to the chat real quick. Okay. uh, We've brought this up, too, Scorpius. Uh, Sorry to go off. Scorpius. Scorpius. Acton. Now he's commented twice, and he's commented before about how there's no White Sox on the black and white background. The sting of the Scorpius. It, it's right. It's right there. It's behind Find Herb's me. butt. We're so sorry. We're not going to redesign this set because it doesn't say White Sox in a more prominent position for this set. That's why we put all these things in front of you with uh, Tim Anderson, Grandal, Cease, the box, the Aloy Jimenez, the big foam figure. They all say White Sox yeah. things on it. it. We didn't. They didn't leave out White Sox. It's just you know. It's just it's just a very big piece of uh, uh, landscape. It's just kind of a big ass piece of what plaster. Yeah, plywood, but a big. They had to cover it up. But I must say, a big thank you to Scorpius for watching. Yes, uh, because that's a cool name. (laughs) Um, All right, Uh, (laughs) real quick, uh, Brandon in the chat uh, is bringing up Grandall. We brought up Clevenger. We brought up Tim Anderson, former White Sox. Uh, Brandon thinks Grandall will get a backup job. I don't know, Brandon. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, He's pretty bad. Yasmani Grandal has a wealth of experience, uh, but he is a catcher who has physical trouble catching, as Mm. we've seen in the last few years. Um, He talked pretty bluntly for a professional athlete about perhaps hanging it up at the end of last year. And as you've seen to this point with spring training less than a week away, uh, he has not signed with anybody. I think probably those physical limitations um, have probably 
caught up to him, and it would seem that to go out and spend money on a catcher who is having difficulty catching mm-hmm. would be probably not a very good use of money, and then you throw in those offensive numbers on top of it. We talk to our Blackhawks guys, and they go to the Fifth Third Arena where the Blackhawks practice at. They said in the offseason they've seen Asmani Grandal working out there again, so he's probably trying to catch on with some team, but as Vinny said, a catcher that can't catch, tough to be. Real tough, and he can't hit anymore, so that's yeah. not good either. 71 OPS plus uh, in his last two seasons, not good. Uh, the framing is average to below average at this point, and he can't block anything because he can't use his knees. Uh, so I, I don't think that he's going to get a job. I think that it's likely he's, he's done. But, hey, you know, maybe there's some weird German uh, injection that he gets, and it's, it's Dirk Nowitzki knee, or isn't it, was that Kobe? Why is it German? I, th- I thought so. What an athlete went to like Germany and had like like a Maglio was it Maglio? Maglio Donis went to Germany after the 2004 season, so it can be ready for the Tigers 2005 season. The White Sox thought he was done, done, and yeah, he got some knee stuff and extra stuff um, done, and he was a. Uh, all brand new. I didn't mean that to be like you know weirdly. I just I I thought that was a thing that like some some I guess it's Mags um, did so he did uh, the Germans. There you go the Germans. Uh, das me. Um, also, no one's gonna be signing Corey Kluber this off season. Uh, we'll wrap this up and then we'll start getting into spring training. Uh, but Corey Kluber is calling it a career. And if you look at Corey Kluber uh, versus opponents, uh, and you look at teams that he's pitched over 100 innings against, uh, at least made 20 starts against. Uh, what team does he have the best ERA against? You didn't even have to put the qualifiers on that. I remember him being an absolute monster. <laughs> that guy's going to be a monster against the White Sox. Uh, he, listen, the Cleveland pitchers have had a nice run against the White Sox in general. Shane Bieber comes to mind also, but nobody was as dominant against them as Corey Kluber, who was just a, sh- a shutdown machine every time he took them out against them. 169 innings, 2.98 ERA, and a 10.2 K per nine uh, for the two-time Cy Young. Uh, and if you look at the, since integration, since 1947, uh, you look at Pitchers who have made 20 starts against the White Sox. Corey Kluber has the 23rd best ERA, career ERA, at 2.98, tied with uh, Paul Spit Spittorf? That's a fun name to say. Paul Spittorf? There you go. Uh, Ned Garver, Mel Stoudemire, and uh, Hale Newhauser. Uh, that, so uh, those are the guys that he's tied with. Uh, but let's play a game. Okay. There's one active player in the top 10 against the White Sox that has made at least 20 games started. Okay. Uh, there's a guy that played from 2008 to 2015 uh, that is seventh all-time. That is a fun name to remember. Uh, we love remembering that guy. And then I want to know who has the best career ERA against okay. the White Sox since 1947. The active guy is Justin Verlander. Nope. Ooh. Uh, Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer wow. is ninth. 250 ERA, 169 innings as well as Kluber. So he's just been uh, 0.4, uh, what, yeah, 0.48 better uh, ERA wise than Corey Kluber. Max Scherzer is pretty damn good at baseball. Huh? I remember Verlander getting lit up early in his uh, Tigers career versus the White Sox, and then he like became Verlander. Hmm. Uh, I'm just and then a- what was the career uh, span on the uh, the other guy? Uh, talking about the other recent guy? 2008 to 15. Uh, to 15. Verlander is number 69 with a 366 ERA. Um, above him, Nolan Ryan, Burt Blylevin, Johan Santana, Randy Johnson. Um, uh, just to name a few. Uh, yeah, so from 2008 to 2015, this player went 9-6, and six, had a 243 ERA against the White Sox in 148 innings. Uh, obligatory Bruce Chen uh, 
No, not, no. not Bruce Chen. <laughs> uh, this guy played for the Red Sox, the Cardinals, and Cleveland. Red Sox, Cardinals, and Cleveland. Hmm. Let me see. Jake Westbrook? Nope. Ooh, that's a good one. Born in Jamaica. Born in Jamaica? Born in Jamaica. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. That's <laughs> did not think he was born in Jamaica. <laughs> Doesn't look like he's born in Jamaica. <laughs> no. Okay. Doesn't so that, have a Jamaican name. I'll tell you that much. That helps. Um, Boston, Cleveland, Cincinnati. So loved Ohio. Not Cincinnati. Not CC. He was a Yankee and a Brewer. Boston. Oh, Cardinals. St. Louis and Cleveland. Yeah. It went, it went Boston, Cleveland, St. Louis, if that helps. One time All Star in 2013. A better ERA against the White Sox than Max Scherzer. And Vita Blue. Bob Feller. Luis Tiant. Corey Kluber, Jim Palmer. And this guy isn't of that that elk. No. The way, you know, the way you're saying hell it. no. He was a one-time all-star. I mean, hey, 10.1 career war. That's a lot better than most people could say. Second rounder from uh, the gonna, Boston Red Sox. I'm going to kick myself when you say the name. Mm-hmm. I think he was a part of the, the – he had to be a part of the uh, Victor Martinez trade. We'll make I'll I'll make sure that helps. I mean, this is great radio. Yeah, oh, uh, uh, along with uh, Nick Hagedone and Brian Price in exchange for Victor Martinez. So, Victor Martinez. <laughs> we obviously left. have no idea. And it's another person who killed the White Sox, Victor Martinez. Um, All right, who is it? Jamaican Justin Masterson. No, I don't even no, remember no that way person I being got a guy. That. I remember he started him. twenty games against the Sox. I remember yeah. him. Wow, right hand, twenty-two, kind of like slinging the ball. Yeah, former second round pick. And like then he was a good prospect. All time, all time career years were from seventy nine to nineteen ninety eight. He's a former White Sox, he, but mostly pitched for the Toronto Blue Jays. Dave Steve. Dave Steve. There you go. Uh, Dave Steve made uh, I think uh, what four starts for the White Sox. Uh, he with a six oh four ERA. Uh, ended up coming back in nineteen ninety eight uh, and doing okay for Dave Steve. But yeah, a one ninety two ERA. Filthy. I think he threw a no hitter versus the White Sox. I think so. Um, Dave Steve, the all time leader in second. Whitey Ford at two seventeen. Whitey Ford. Yeah, um, that's an insane difference to be one versus two. Dave Steve owned the Chicago oh White Sox. Uh, teams. And to pay off what we were talking about earlier, it's uh, to fix an ailing knee that would not heal because the blood had stopped circulating to a certain spot on the bone. Ordonia spent the 2004 season with the Chicago White Sox and then went to Austria, Vienna, mm. to have a shockwave therapy performed by Dr. Wolfgang Schaden. Wolfgang. Wolfgang Schaden. And he was, and he played pretty much 2005. And remember 2006, he was, uh, led the Tiger to the World Series with that walk-off home run. Those Wolf, like, uh, Austria yeah. produces all the Wolfgangs. Yeah. Uh, Mozart, right? He's yeah. Puck? Wolfgang. Is he Austrian? <laughs> wolf, 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 yeah, that sounds right. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Ed, Eddie Van Halen's son he is, is Austrian. Wolfgang. Wolfgang yeah. He's Puck an, he's is Austrian. American. Yeah. All yeah. right. All right. Uh, they got all but the But they're Dutch, right? They're Dutch, though, Van Halen's. The Van Halen's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who? The Van Eddie Halen's. And, oh. Eddie Van Halen's son is named Wolfgang. Mm. Yeah. All right. With Eddie, I, Valerie Bertinelli. That, that's not Austria. All right. No. Uh, before we get to Vinny's uh, thoughts, before he leaves us, he's going to be going to Arizona. Uh, he's, he'll give you a, what he's excited for for spring training. Uh, oh, let's just go into it. I don't need to. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to hopefully squeeze in a hike and drink at my favorite tiki bar. But Which is? Uh, undertow. Fantastic. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out. But... Uh, now I have now I have to answer Connor's question. Who is the only Sox player born in Brazil? Andre Rienzo. Yeah. But what 
What storylines am I looking forward to at spring training? The main storylines, I think you, the first one is going to be what this is familiar to White Sox fans, right? Are the are the main guys going to be healthy? And if so, what do they look like? Yoan Moncada told us uh, a couple weeks ago at the uh, event over on the south side that his back feels fine, that he hasn't felt anything about it all, all offseason. All right, so what are you going to do? Aloy Jimenez, he was he played a lot of games last year, but he was bothered by stuff physically all year again. All right, if you're feeling fine, what are you going to do? He said hit 40 homers. Andrew Please. Benintendi was supposedly hurt all year long. He's got the big he's got the big contract. What is he going to do? I'm not expecting him to go out there and break any home run records and win one of you $100 again. I'm still. But my point being that you are. We'll see. Is he going to do the thing that he was brought in to do, which he couldn't even do last year, supposedly due to physical restrictions? Is that lineup going to look different because of that? Because they didn't go out and get a bunch of big boppers. So are those guys going to make the lineup better, or is it going to be more of the same? Number two, Pedro Grafal. Is he going to implement this new fast, aggressive style or not? He promised in that introductory press conference, you know, Nightly ass kickings, and and that team never materialized last year. Is it going? Is he going to be able to deliver on that more because they're playing a style that he is more comfortable playing? They went out and got guys that can run and can be aggressive and play defense. Is that going to change things? It might not make a lot of wins, but will it develop that identity? Are we going to see that follow through? Because I don't think anybody's going to go in with the expectation of this team this season winning the division or making the playoffs. Nope. So the expectation is, is it going to look better? And <laughs> and will it? We'll find out. Michael Kopech, is he going to be Michael Kopech or is he going to be the guy who struggled last year, who has struggled through the last several years, albeit a lot because of health, but is he going to finally turn it on with the help of Brian Bannister, with the help of a better defense, with the help of a stress-free team that maybe isn't going to be expected to win a lot of games? Are we going to see Michael Kopech finally be the pitcher who was promised? And then the main thing really is the youth movement. When are these guys who are the next generation guys we're talking about it it's a rebuild right so when is the that next generation going to hit the big leagues it could start as soon as the spring we've talked about it Pedro Grafol said jobs will be up uh you know jobs will be up for grabs according to Pedro and these guys will have a shot at it are we going to see Colson Montgomery impress enough to leap to the big leagues are we going to see Nick Nostrini and Jordan Leisure and some of these other arms crack the pitching staff right out of spring training what is Edgar Caro going to look like as a 20 year old catcher at major league camp those I think that at the end of the day when it comes down to creating a winning White Sox team that is the biggest thing to look for at spring training granted this is only the beginning of that which might take multiple years to come to fruition but uh, we can start seeing that as soon as this spring what will it look like interesting um, I think the thing that has me most interested is Kopech like that that storyline again I talked about Brian Bannister senior advisor to pitching being what I think is going to be the biggest change for the Sox um, and that's like the guy that he needs to fix. Like, again, Kopech has been the big, you know, tantalizing name for the Sox since he was acquired in 2018. And we saw 2016. the... 2016, thank you. Uh, and we saw the debut in 2019. And then we saw the quick, you know, demise of that season for him. And then he had to get Tommy John and then he missed 2020. Like, we just really haven't seen him get started. But there's a lot of things that are good. There's a lot of things that are bad. So uh, interesting to see what those changes are going to be like what specifically Brian Bannister says Michael Kopech needs to do this more uh, there was an 
uh, article in Fangraphs, uh, the fantasy side of Fangraphs. Uh, it was written by uh, Lucas Kelly, um, and he talks about. I, I brought up Va earlier with Davy Garcia. Uh, Michael Kopech again has a big fastball, just like Garrett Cole. Um, those guys have flat fastballs. That's what Va measures. Uh, again, hard to square up flat pitches, um, and that's fastballs high in the zone. Uh, Kopech. Uh, his number percent of pitches up in the zone, 21.3%. He threw his fastball 61.4% of the time. Is Brian Bannister going to say, hey, we just need Michael Kopech to throw his fastball higher in the zone and need to throw his slot, you know, breaking balls lower, right? Like, is this truly just a, a thing where he needs to be lower with his breaking balls and higher with his fastballs? And we'll just see those pitches start to see, uh, you know, a, a tick in effectiveness because he's just truly locating in a better spot and not even like, you know, locating in the zone, just locating where the pitches need to be. So uh, we'll see. I mean, uh, there's a lot to talk about. And uh, we'll, we'll see you on Monday uh, in your box over there. And uh, we'll have the, the cactus on, uh, on on set. So but maybe not on Monday, right? I'll be traveling Monday, but I'll right. be I'll be live from Arizona for Tuesday's show. The cactus will be on set Monday, though. Thank you. Uh, in honor. It's of, getting dusted of. off as we speak. Yes, there it is. is. It's getting cleaned. Uh, all right. Any final thoughts, Herbie? Are you excited for anything for spring training? Do you want to bring up your Dodger point? No, no, no. I'm no? not excited about anything of the White Sox. I just want them to get through spring training healthy. That's what I'm excited about. Everybody going through whatever they need to go through. I don't care how many home runs they hit and how many strikeouts they get. All healthy when it's March 28th here at Guaranteed Rate Field, and we can have a good season. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, make sure you're hitting the thumbs up button. We appreciate everyone hanging out with us. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber, and make sure you're following him. He's going to, last year he was doing 60-second uh, reports uh, daily, uh, so we'll see if he's uh, squeezing those out from Camelback Ranch, uh, but you don't want to miss his content that he'll be pumping out from Arizona, so follow him at Vinny Duber, and you can read his work at allchgo.com. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Eckerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader thank you to sarah for producing the show thank you for our great chat especially to connor smith for that super chat and uh we'll see you on monday at 4 p.m Vinny might not be there but herb and i got you so uh we'll see you on monday hit the thumbs up button talk to you at four we all silly like the mayor 